Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Here is today's theme for the phone calls for What's On Your Mind. My friend Peter King, for years, has done in his column, Things I Think I Think. I like that. Things I Think I Think. Well, what I want from you are things you know you know about your team. It can be good news or bad news. But I want to hear from the real fans, things you know you know. That's what's on your mind today. Things you know you know about your team. If your team is the Chiefs, you know a lot of really good things today. And if your team is my team, we know a lot of things we're not so happy about. But one way or another, let's dial it up now at 888-SAY-ESPN. And we're coming to the phones in a few minutes with things you know you know about your favorite football team. I'll start with some. Here are some of the things I know I know. I'll give you an AFC version and an NFC version. The beginning of it, the AFC, the top of the AFC is easy. You all saw it last night. Patrick Mahomes is one of one. You know what it reminds me of? I've been playing a lot of chess lately. I thought of this because Greg McElroy used the, the expression this morning on Get Up that, that it's like Mahomes is playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. And I've been playing a lot of chess. My son got into chess at school and he's gotten me addicted to it. I play a ton of chess on this app. And Patrick Mahomes is like the queen in chess. It, it, it gives nothing it can't do. <laughs> the queen, you have to guard it with your life. And no, no matter what happens, you don't take any chance on anything bad happening to the queen because the queen is so valuable. The queen is more valuable than all the other pieces put together. I'll lose two rooks before I'll lose a queen. And that is what Patrick Mahomes is. He's just the best at everything. He's now beating you with his mind. Every bit as much as he's beating you with his arm and beating you with his feet. He's just ridiculous. By the way, among the many things I loved last night was his mother getting aggravated that people call him Pat. I can say this because I get it. My name is Mike, and my parents always called me Michael. And I've always gotten a sense that my mother does not love the fact that people call me Mike. I don't think she ever intended for me to be called Mike. And I just started using Mike because Mike Greenberg sort of flows off the tongue a little more easily when you're broadcasting, and I've been doing this for 30 years. So now I'm so used to it that I don't even think about it. But in my lifetime, I was always Michael in the same way that Pat Mahomes was always Patrick. And my son Stephen is Stephen, not Steve, Stephen. You know, mothers in particular tend to have a thing about that. Stace does not like it when people call Stephen Steve. And boy, did Patrick Mahomes' mother did not like last night him being called Pat. And I loved it. I am here for it. I, for some reason, I loved that story. There's nothing about Patrick Mahomes not to love. He is, he is as good as anything we've ever seen. No one has come in and looked better than this guy looks to this point. So that's the easy one. Next thing I know I know, Lamar Jackson is going to be fine. The Lamar Jackson overreaction today is going to be overwhelming. And it is going to be, as I described a couple of weeks ago, based on all the people who don't want to believe what their eyes are seeing because he's made them look bad. Did Lamar Jackson have a bad night last night? Yes. Does he have some things to get better at? Yes. Is he a great player? Absolutely. Lamar Jackson is a terrific player. And all but five or six teams in the NFL would kill to have him. And he will get better and better as time goes on. So he's not Patrick Mahomes. But to criticize him by saying he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes is like suggesting somebody isn't rich because they don't have as much money as Jeff Bezos. You don't have to have $200 billion to be rich. 
And you don't have to be as good as Patrick Mahomes to be a terrific player. So Lamar Jackson is that, and he will continue to be that. Sometimes a bad night is just a bad night. And they had a bad night against a better team. Here's another thing I know I know, and I had this right. The Steelers are the team to beat in the AFC North. The Steelers are good, and they're going to keep getting better because defenses are way behind offenses in this restart. Nobody tackles and nobody practices. An offense you can kind of do with Zoom. And defense, you can't do that. So all the defenses look bad. And the really good ones are going to get good. And the Steelers are going to have a really good one. So of all the really good teams in the AFC, I think they have the best defense. And I believe in their quarterback and Juju. And they got more receivers than that. And they got Connor. I, I think the Steelers are the team to beat. I predicted it before the season. I'm standing by it. That's why I think I know I know that. The Steelers are the team to beat. And the last one I I think I know I know, it is still the Patriots in the AFC East. I know how excited everyone is in Buffalo, and well, you should be. And you might be even more excited this weekend because you might expand your lead because the Patriots have to go to Kansas City, and that is obviously a brutal place to have to go. But before it's all said and done, all those AFC East teams are going to go there. I believe the Patriots are still the team to beat in the AFC East. That's what I know I know in the AFC. And the NFC, and then we'll come to you. I said it earlier. The Buccaneers are the team with the most upside. Tampa Tom and the Bucks are the team to beat in the NFC because their defense is good and going to get better, and their offense is good and going to get great. Brady is looking better and better, and that is a work in progress. By Halloween, they're going to look like the best team in the NFC. Right now, the Packers look like the best team in the NFC, and Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. And here's what I know I know. Something about the psychology of them doing what they did this offseason and drafting his eventual replacement is factoring in. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm a patient when it comes to psychiatry. But there is something in the mentality of what they did that has, that has brought this out of Rodgers. He looks like a different person, not just a different player, but a different person than he did a year ago at this time. His numbers were good last year, but his play didn't match it. This year, his numbers and his play match up, and he is very well on his way to potentially being the MVP. Right now, the leading candidate for MVP is Russell Wilson, but here's what I know I know. His defense is going to be his undoing. They've got to figure something out. Now, Pete Carroll is a defensive coach going all the way back, and they have Jamal Adams, although he's hurt, but their defense is just unbelievable. It is so easy to throw on, on the, in the Seahawks, it's ridiculous. So that, I think, is their undoing. The reason I put Green Bay and Tampa ahead of Seattle is because that defense is so bad. And the last one I know I know, Dak Prescott is terrific. Dak Prescott is absolutely the guy for the next 10, 12, 15 years in Dallas, and they are out of their minds for not buying in and for picking apart every little tiny thing he does. Dak Prescott is a great player. And absolutely a player capable that you can win championships with. And all this talk about how he couldn't outduel Russell Wilson the other day, and he couldn't. And Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate, maybe the leading MVP candidate. But do not forget that Dak Prescott once beat him in a playoff game. It's not act like Dak Prescott hasn't accomplished the things he's accomplished. Dak is a great player. Those are the things I know, I know. Now I want to hear what you know, you know, as I'm coming to the phones to you. And, Bubba, you're going to help me through some of these. Who's first up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, Bubba? All right, let's go to Wes in Pennsylvania. You're up first. Wes, what do you know you know about your team? Well, Greeny, I know the Giants 
offensive line stinks. <laughs> and I know the whole team stinks. Fair enough. You know what? I have zero argument. That's well done. That You, you, you basically got the conceit of the call. There's very little question that the Giants' offensive line, they use a first-round pick on a tackle, and the line still stinks, and the team stinks. I agree. It's a shame. They played a forty. They played the 49ers' B team. They played the JV of the 49ers without all those players and lost 36-9 to at home. It's frightening. If the Jets played the Giants, if the Jets, the state of New York football is such. Someone asked me, what would you do if the Jets played the Giants? And I said, if the Jets played the Giants in my backyard, I would close the drapes so as not to take any risk that I might see it. That's how brutal the state of New York football is. What do you know you know? Bubba, who is next up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? We got Joe in Minnesota. Joe, Minnesota, what do you know you know about your team? I know, I know. The Vikes won't ever sniff a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins at quarterback and Mike Zimmer as the head coach. They are brutal, and they were supposed to be good. Let me ask you a question, if I still have you there. Are Are you totally down on the coach? I get the quarterback. Are you totally down on the coach? Because I've liked Zimmer for a long time, and I felt that the trading away of Stefan Diggs, unlike the trading of DeAndre Hopkins, the trading away of Diggs kind of made sense to me because I figured they want to run the ball, and obviously Dalvin Cook ran it like crazy this week. Why has it been so bad? Are you totally down on the coach? I'm down on a coach because Mike Zimmer was this defensive guru. Have you seen their defense this year? My God, a high school team could put 40 on them. And look at the Minneapolis Miracle, right? They win that. They go to Philadelphia and get their teeth kicked in. It's like, come on. He is brutal. It's a good call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for calling. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. What do you know you know about your team? Bubba, who's next? All right, we'll head to Chicago. Jules in Chicago. Jules, go. Hey, what I know I know, Greeny, is that I agree with you on everything you're talking about. AFC, NFC. My team is the Bucks. And all I know is they're going to get better, like you say, because Tom Brady is that field general, and he's going to get it done and make everybody better, including the coach and the offensive coordinator and everybody. I'm with you. Listen, I give the coach a lot of credit, and and, and I don't know exactly what how they're divvying it up there with between Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, who's the offensive coordinator, but whatever it is, that first week, they were still doing too much of that risk-it-biscuit stuff, and that's not Tom Brady's offense. And then the last two weeks, slowly but surely, it is morphing into an offense that Brady is going to be very comfortable in. And that's why a month from now, it's going to look 100 times better than it does now. And suddenly, Rob Gronkowski, who they had to put an APB out on him because he was a missing person, all of a sudden is a part of that offense again. And that's a good sign for everybody. So I think that they are I think they're the team to beat. I think they are the team to beat. As good as Green Bay has been, and Rodgers is unbelievable, Seattle... San Francisco, whoever else you want to put in the conversation. The team to beat in the NFC is Tampa Time and the Buccaneers. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Bubba, who's next? Jack in Wisconsin. Jack, what do you know you know about your team? Uh, Hey, Greeny, I know that the Packers are going to make the Super Bowl and that Mahomes and Rodgers will face off the first time. I like it. And something's wrong with your line there, so we'll, we'll let you jump. But I, I, I heard it, and I like it. I, the matchup of Mahomes versus Rodgers is a fabulous one to consider because Mahomes is the most gifted young quarterback we've seen come into the league since Rodgers. 
It's kind of hard to call anyone more gifted than Rodgers. If anyone is, I guess it's Mahomes. In my lifetime of watching football, I thought the most gifted quarterback I had seen, the complete package, was Elway. Then Rodgers came into the league, and Rodgers became that guy for me. It would be ridiculous to suggest that Patrick Mahomes is anything but that guy. And it certainly seems likely that he will retire with us all saying he's the most gifted quarterback ever. It's too soon to say it, but he seems to be headed that way. But to see him go up against the great Rodgers in the Super Bowl would be incredible. I've said it before, the most intriguing Super Bowl matchup this year would be Brady against Belichick, Tampa against New England. That would be the most intriguing matchup. Settle that once and for all. Was it Brady or was it Bill? But I think that the the best from a football standpoint, the best game you could ever ask for, would be Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes. Let's do one more here. Uh, Bubba, who do we have next? We got Lawson in Kansas City. Oh, boy. Lawson's going to be in a good mood. Lawson, what do you know you know about your team? I'm going to go easy. I'm going to go easy first. Love your career. Keep pushing through. The two things I know. There is an inherent bias in regards to how the Chiefs' defense is really measured. If you recall last year in the playoffs, I believe we had to beat the top three rushing offenses in the league to get to the Super Bowl. The second thing is is that there has been an absence and lack of acknowledgement in Mahomes' leadership ability. You have seen him, how he responds under pressure. And every time he lifts his play and brings, puts the team on his back. That's the two things I know. Okay, fair enough. I lost tonight. I have to tell you, in all honesty, I appreciate the call. I don't necessarily agree with either. The, the Chiefs defense, the last six games of last season, was the best defense in the NFL. And last night, they held the Baltimore Ravens, who were scoring 50 on everybody, to 13 points. They won the game 34-20, but seven of those points for Baltimore came on a kick return. So the Chiefs' defense is very good. They're not going to get as much credit as they deserve because their offense might be the best of all time, and that's just the way things are going to work. And then as far as Mahomes not getting enough credit for his leadership, I'm not sure who you're listening to, but if you're not giving that guy credit for his leadership, who are you giving it to? His team had double-digit deficits in all three of their playoff wins last year, and he brought them back. And I think his very presence on the field makes everyone else around him feel like he's going to bring them back. And all I hear from anybody is, and I think a lot of this has to do with his father having been a professional athlete, so he's sort of been around this all of his life. All you hear from anybody is how mature he is and how great his leadership is. So I, I, that's the only part of the call I disagree with. I don't think anyone doesn't see that part of it. I'll tell you who definitely does. My buddy Marcus Spears has a minute with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance on Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Marcus, you took a, quite a beating this morning on Get Up because you picked Baltimore to win yesterday. We just have a couple of quick minutes here. So let, let's focus in on them for a minute. We've talked a lot about Mahomes. What else can you say? He's unbelievable. How concerned should fans be about what we saw from Lamar Jackson and the Ravens last night? They should be a bit concerned, G, because the the idea around the Ravens is winning a Super Bowl and going deep into the playoffs, right? Like we talked about, this is not – all conversations are not the same. This is not just about the Ravens winning games. They'll, continue, they'll win games this year. They'll have a winning record. They'll make it to the playoffs. But the, the, the particular games that we're talking about for you to get over the hump are the ones that matter at this point. 
Lamar already has an MVP. They've already proven that they can win with the things that they're doing during the regular season. Now it's time to accentuate that and add more. You need to do more. You lo- you've lost to the team that is argu- that is going to be standing in your way. You have to figure out something else, not to take away anything you're doing, but to add to the repertoire, to give them something different to have to defend, to give them something different to have to run an offense against. And that's the conversation that that, that is what led me to saying that they need to implement and progress Lamar as a passer more. And when I say progress Lamar as a passer, I mean create the scheme, create a, a five wide, put different formations, give him different options. Right now, it's pack the line, let's run it. If we can't run it, Lamar will bail us out or we'll send two people out in a route. That is not going to work against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs who inevitably are going to stand in your way for the foreseeable future as far as you trying to make a quest to win a Super Bowl. Marcus Spears with me on ESPN Radio. So the Chiefs are 3-0 and against Lamar Jackson, and we went into last night's game wondering, are the Ravens the biggest threat to Kansas City, the defending champs in the AFC? <laughs> if they're not, who is? Marcus, who is the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC? Man, it's got to be Pittsburgh if, if, based on what we saw last night, G. Right, you got a defense in Pittsburgh that you would think would do a better job against what Kansas City is doing. Nobody's going to stop Kansas City, but you have an opportunity when you have pass rushers. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, those guys can generate a pass rush by themselves where you can rush for and play as much coverage as you can possibly play. Wing Martindale, the D.C. from the Baltimore Ravens, blitzed a lot. He gave a lot of man-to-man looks to Patrick Mahomes. That is literally going and just saying we're going to lose the game. We're just going to try to hope. We're going to hope something good happens because his whole career he's proven that that doesn't work on a consistent basis. So when I look at Pittsburgh, Ben seems to be getting his feet under him now. He seems to be coming along from a year removed from the game. They'll continue to get better. We know what that organization uh, stands for. We know how good Mike Tomlin has been as the head coach. We saw him last year almost make the playoffs without being. So right now, when you look at the whole the the picture holistically in the AFC, it's got to be it's got to be Pittsburgh and throw Baltimore. I mean, throw the Patriots in there as well because Bill Belichick, um, for all intents and purposes, is not going to allow you to beat him one way like the Ravens did last night to the uh, to the Ravens. I mean, like. The Chiefs did to the Ravens. Yeah, and we, we will see uh, Belichick against Mahomes on Sunday. The Patriots play the Chiefs. Real Absolutely. quick, Marcus, I got 30 seconds, and I didn't get to ask you this this morning because you and Stephen A. just started yelling at each other, and I lost control. <laughs> Who's going to win the NBA championship? Greeny, you know LeBron. You know who LeBron played for? Yeah, I'm aware. And you know me, right? I do. Okay, well, you know who I think going to win the damn playoffs. How many games? It'll be six. Because I, th- I, I, I have a huge respect for Jimmy Butler and what this Heat team is doing. Eric Spolstra is definitely legit. Tyler Hero caught fire. I want to see if he can do that again. I think it'll, be, I think it'll go six games. The Heat are still one or two. But it's going to be the Lakers. We know damn well LeBron and AD going to bring this thing back, man. Swagoo every afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, NFL Live with Dan and Laura and Mina and the whole crew. Thank you, Marcus. It was so much fun this morning. I'll see you later in the week.
Much love, my brother. Talk to you soon. You're the best. Marcus Spears. He's just so funny and so much fun. When he and, and Stephen A. start yelling at each other, I just put my feet up on the desk. There's not much. I'm, I'm enjoying watching it as much as you are. Coming up next is today, the first day of the rest of our lives in one huge sport. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Major League Baseball playoffs underway. It's 16 teams, largest field ever. The best of three series is going to be absolutely insane. Swing, a high ball, left field. Out of here! Guerrero pumps his fist because it's gone. Teams are going to be under pressure right from the get-go. You are going to be vulnerable. The unmistakable voice of Robert Stanberry, only the third. We call him Buster. He joins me on the Shell Pinto performance line on a day that I described as potentially being the first day of the rest of our lives for one sport. And that sport, of course, is Major League Baseball. And Buster, I had Mark Deshera with me on Get Up this morning, and I asked him, does he believe that this 16-team postseason will be exciting and successful enough that Major League Baseball will say, you know what, let's keep doing this? And he said, the answer is yes, he does expect that to happen. What do you expect, Buster Olney? Greeny, I expect an expanded playoff field. I don't think it's going to be 16 teams. When Rob Manfred suggested that a couple weeks ago in an interview with the Associated Press, people at the team level were going nuts because their feeling is is that uh, in baseball where – uh, you know, the focus is on a 162-game season. There needs to be rewards for teams for having the best record for uh, winning their divisions. And to, to have a team like the Dodgers, you know, clearly right now the best team in baseball come out and be this vulnerable in a best-of-three is something that most teams don't want. But I do think you're going to see, you know, 12 or 14-team playoff fields, not 16. Okay, so we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, we'll look forward to what we're going to get this week. We'll start in the National League because you mentioned the Dodgers. They were the best team in baseball all year long, but they've been the best team in baseball for a long time. And they've they've eight consecutive years now they win the division and they haven't won a championship. Do you consider them the favorite going into this madness? Easy. The easy favorites. Uh, but they just have to get past these first you know, best of three, best of five rounds when they'd be especially vulnerable. You know, they're, they're heavy favorites, for example, in the series against the Brewers, but you can find a reasonable path in baseball because it's not college football. It's not the NBA. You can find a reasonable path for the Brewers, you know, to get a lead in game one against Walker Bueller and then roll out these two incredible relievers, Devin Williams, 
uh, and Josh Hader, and all of a sudden the equation changes. But if the Dodgers get packed past the first two rounds, they are the clear favorites. Greeny and Buster, I'm told you have Yankees-Indians, which gives us as good a pitching matchup as you could ever possibly imagine. Shane Bieber for Cleveland was the best pitcher in the sport this year by far. And Garrett Cole, who the Yankees brought in and paid him all that money for this spot exactly. What do we expect in that game and that series? Greeny, it's like old school baseball. We actually have a, a great matchup of two starting pitchers, and we're wondering about the pitch counts and how quickly <laughs> can the other team mount the pitch counts and get the other guy out of the game. Um, you know, the, these are uh, Shane Bieber, right now the best pitcher on the planet. She had Garrett Cole, the best pitcher on the planet last year. Uh, I, I really think, you know, the, the strike zone of Jordan Baker is going to have a lot to do with what happens last night. Another thing, too. The, the biggest difference between these two teams is the defenses. Uh, the Indians, the second-best statistically uh, defense in baseball. The Yankees, on the other hand, play really poorly down the stretch. Glaber Torres is shortstop, nine errors in 40 games. He is a crucial figure in this matchup. Yeah, there's no room for any of that here. Greeny and Buster with you. Uh, so if the Dodgers are a prohibitive favorite in the National League, the American League feels more wide open. Who is your favorite? I think you have to take the Rays uh, because, you know, the potential strength of their front three and their rotation is good. Uh, there's a tremendous competitive arrogance among that group after they shocked some people in the playoffs last year. Kevin Cash is one of the best managers in baseball, but I really do think the Indians are a dangerous team. You know, I had a general manager say to me uh, a month ago, do you want to face that monster in the postseason? And he was talking about Shane Bieber. They have a good rotation behind him. They have an excellent bullpen. They have a lackluster offense, but it is kind of built for the postseason, and Garrett Cole is going to find out about this tonight, in that between Carlos Santana and Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor, they will run up pitch counts. They will stress the pitchers. That game's on ESPN tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time, coast-to-coast game one of Yankees and Indians. We're going to have almost all of the postseason, or these, these first, this all-new extended first round of the postseason for you on ESPN, and there's a game this afternoon on ABC. Quickly, Buster, because I have so much going on here between the football and the basketball finals and this and that. I haven't had a chance to read it, but I'm told you have a column about the Red Sox and what they should do about their managerial situation. What does it say? that it would be crazy not to hire Alex Cora. How often does a big market team like the Red Sox have an opportunity to hire someone who's proven in a market, who's won in a market, uh, who's been there, who, who knows the media? And on top of that, if they don't hire him, think about the risks that the Red Sox would be taking on. If Bloom hires somebody else and that guy doesn't win in his first year and Alex Cora goes off and wins someplace else, wow, the second guessing would begin from Worcester. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, what, what would there be? Would there be blowback? I mean, would, what, what would you expect? The, the the again for those who don't know, he was smack dab in the middle of all of the, you know, the Astro stuff. What what would you expect the reaction generally to be? I think in Red Sox Nation, I think generally very positive within the organization. Be positive. The players absolutely love Alex. I do think if it's going to happen, that obviously Heim Bloom uh, heads up baseball ops for them would have to slow play it because Alex is still in baseball jail until the end of this postseason. Um, And so he can't even really uh, politically talk that much about it. 
Um, but I am told he is serious about interviewing other candidates. I think it'd be a big mistake to hire anybody else. Okay, interesting. And one last thing for you, Buster. Now, you and I spoke. It feels like between you and Pass and I, I had you guys on every day on Get Up as we were going through, you know, April, May, June. Will there be? Won't there be? All the ups and downs of of the off season for Major League Baseball. Not only dealing with the coronavirus, but dealing with splitting up the money. So much negativity that was out there, and then they did come back, and there were teams that were getting shut down and all of that what do we say about the job that it took on behalf of a lot of people to get to this point i i i don't know that this day was ever promised that they would get to this sort of the beginning of the finish line with this postseason what what do we say about the job that was done by a lot of people in getting it from where it was to where we are right now tremendous the players the front offices the athletic trainers to get to this point remember i'm the person who said it was a 0% chance for them to get through the postseason, 5% chance to even start the season. And that was based on the voices I was hearing at the team level. They were tremendously skeptical. But now, instead, we have a situation in which the next four days, in a rotten 2020, if you're a baseball fan, next four days might be the best four days. Yeah, we got, we got four great dates, and then we go into bubbles, and they're going to have it, and they're going to make it. They're going to make it to the finish line, and someone is going to run out of their dugout and, and, and jump on top of each other on a pitching mound sometime about a month from now, and it is going to be something that we all have the opportunity to treasure. And and that's something that was not promised to us in 2020. And a lot of people uh, really showed a lot of commitment and dedication to making it happen. And, and I congratulate them all. Buster, enjoy it today. We'll be watching this evening and I'll talk to you in the next day or two. Thank you. Thanks, Granny. That's Buster only with me here again. He's got Yankees, Indians. What a game that is. And he's right. I, look, I don't I don't pretend that there aren't things about the way the game is played right now that I don't like. And one of the things that I love about the game is the starting pitch. It used to be, and when I say used to be, I mean three years ago. We're not going back to the, the you know, the not going back to Ted Williams, uh, or there's a pitcher I'm about to talk. I'm not going back to Bob Gibson and Sandy Koufax. I'm not even going back to, I don't know, I'm, I'm not even going back to Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. I'm going back three years to when we would analyze a playoff series by taking a look at the starting pitchers. And so the direction the sport has gone on that front, I will admit, I don't, I don't care for. It's not anyone's fault necessarily, but it, it has, it has uh, diminished it a little bit for me. But to get a pitching matchup like Shane Bieber against Garrett Cole is really exciting. And let's see what winds up happening tonight. And with all the baseball playoffs, I am going to put my feet up as soon as I get off the air here, and I'm going to spend all day and night watching it because this is a day that was not promised to us by any means. All right, coming up next, I will tell you something that absolutely positively isn't going to happen in sports. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, 
H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm Greedy, and we're presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. A couple of pieces of business before I get you to the one thing in sports that will absolutely not happen today. Uh, every day we bring you a fascinating stat, or several of them. They're brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Today, they belong to Mr. Mahomes. Don't call him Pat. Patrick Mahomes. Mom wants him known as Patrick, and I'm good with that. I arrived this morning with this a sheet filled with Patrick Mahomes stats. I picked a few of them for you here. I could spend an entire two-hour show just reading them to you. Patrick Mahomes has thrown in the month of September 31 consecutive passing touchdowns without an interception. In the month of September, he has thrown 31 touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's one of the more remarkable stats you will hear today, but here's my favorite. I blame the Ravens' defensive game plan last night in large part for their loss. Now, they probably were going to lose no matter what they did. But to send the house at Patrick Mahomes the way they just insisted on continuing to do is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes against the Blitz last night was 17 of 21 for 219 yards and three touchdowns. That's the 21 different times that the Baltimore Ravens decided to blitz him. Do you know how many times they hit him out of those 21 plays? Zero. So it accomplished nothing and it got them killed. That's what happened to the Ravens last night. So that was a terrible performance in every way. Lamar is going to get a lot of the blame. And look, he played badly. And, and that's what happens when you're the star and you're the MVP. You're going to get the criticism and he deserves some of it. But he wasn't the only one who had a bad night for Baltimore last night. All right, quickly, I will remind you that I've got not one but two podcasts. First of all, this show, Hashtag Greeny. We put a podcast up there every single day. It's available everywhere you find your podcasts. Um, Bubba does a real nice job putting together every moment. Each of the two hours are posted separately. So if you can't be with me for the entirety of these two hours, we're here together. It's terrific anytime you're looking for it. And then I also do a weekly podcast called I'm Interested, where we do long-form interviews. And this week, it just came out today, my interview is with Chris Berman. And I begin it by telling a story that I'm not sure I've ever told before of the way Chris Berman changed my life the first time I met him. I I can't decide if I ever told that story before or not. I don't know. One way or another, it's not something I talk about often. But my first meeting with Chris Berman was an incredibly important day in my life. And if you listen to the podcast, I'm interested, which you can also find anywhere you get your podcasts, you will find out why. Now, without further ado, I will tell you something that absolutely positively isn't going to happen in sports today. And it stems from the fact that I keep getting all of these. I've gotten on the distribution list of all of these gambling sites, I guess because I host this gambling show on ESPN Plus now. So all these different gambling sites that I don't even know what they are have started sending me emails constantly. But here's what one of them lists. It lists the favorites to be the new coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. The betting favorite is Tyron Lue at 5-2. Fair enough. 
I had Woj in here earlier today. I think the overwhelming likelihood is that Ty Lue is the next coach of the Clippers. Then it lists Jeff Van Gundy at 7-2. to two. I have no idea if Jeff is going to come back and coach in the NBA or not. People have been talking about it forever. But then at 4-1, to one, it lists Phil Jackson. Now, I don't know where this nonsense about Phil Jackson going back to coach the Clippers started on Twitter yesterday. I, I saw it circling around a little bit. Let me tell you something. I started thinking in my office today in between Get Up and this show of something I could imagine happening that I would consider to be less likely than Phil Jackson becoming the next coach of the L.A. Clippers for a million different reasons. And here's what I came up with. I think it is more likely that the National Football League will eventually create the Adam Gase Award for most brilliant offensive mind than it is that Phil Jackson will be the next coach of the L.A. Clippers. That's my prediction. I'm not going to do one of these. I'll swim across the, the, the East River or whatever it is, because all that is kind of silly. Dan Graziano was already threatening to wear a bear suit, a bear costume, if Nick Foles starts the last 13 games of the season. I've done more than my share of silly bet payoffs over the course of my life. Phil Jackson is not coming back and coaching the Clippers for a million different reasons. First and foremost, I don't think he wants any part of coming back to coach again. I don't think he's healthy enough to do it. I don't think he has the energy to do it. I don't think he has the desire to do it. He didn't want to do the work that it took to be the president of the Knicks. And I don't blame him. He didn't feel like dealing with any of that. He's got all the money in the world and he's got a million different interests. And I don't see him coming back and coaching that team anyway. I have a very difficult time after seeing what we've seen from one of their two stars in the playoffs. I have a tough time picturing Phil Jackson identifying that. If Phil has many geniuses, one of them it is identifying the exact right spot. And I don't think that's the exact right spot. Doesn't mean the Clippers can't win it all next year. They might. But it's not going to be Phil. So I, don't, I, you'd, I would not recommend putting any money on that, whatever that betting website is. That's not what's going to happen. I, so I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Clippers, but I can tell you what's not going to happen. Phil Jackson is not going to be their coach. All right, this has been another fun day, and I will just tell you that, look, this, these baseball games we're going to get to watch today and listen to here on ESPN Radio, this was a day that was not promised to us. It was a day that, candidly, I would have at one point bet you we would not get in 2020. So I hope you enjoy it and are looking forward to it as much as I am. Let's take them all in. Let's come back tomorrow and talk about them. I'll be on TV with you tomorrow morning for Get Up, and then I'll be right back here, same time, same place. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.